much of what uh, I'm going to be sharing on the slides this morning will be simply uh, 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 a confirmation of uh, what uh, we've presented to you in the past and which um, uh, basically gives you uh, uh, what our underlying values are as a church. So first of all, if we go to the first slide, Okay, a mission. Um, a mission is uh, what is our ultimate goal? What is our ultimate aim? Okay, and uh, that is we we aim to be a church that glorifies God. We we're all on earth. The Bible tells us to bring glory to God, <laughs> and so as a church, we want to be a, a church that glorifies God, and uh, we. Uh, Probably the, the, the primary thing in doing that is to uh, declare to the world that Jesus is Savior, that Jesus is Lord, and we can only do that with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, so that's, that's, that's our overall goal, our overall mission, which probably is the mission of every other church and every other uh, um, people who want to serve God. Okay, so let's expand that a little bit. Okay. It means reaching people with the love of God, helping them to grow in their faith through the Word of God, equipping them to discover and use their spiritual gifts and to glorify God with their lives. We believe that God has given every one of us a, a gifting. And uh, sometimes we don't uh, really recognize that. Uh, and so we will expand on that a little bit uh, uh, later. But that's part of our mission. And... Um, Finally, to connect uh, people in a healthy relationship with other Christians and uh, everybody else. Okay, let's move on. Um, so what is our vision? Okay, so what, what does it, will that mean in terms of how we uh, present ourselves as a church? Okay, uh, what we want Transformation Church to be and to look like to the uh, uh, those uh, who come in we come in contact with. Okay, so um, first of all, we want to be a church that encounters God's presence. We want to be a church that encounters God's presence. How many know that we can encounter God's presence? Amen. Um, and then uh, in, we we want to equip the church. We want uh, through through teaching, through ministry, and as a church, we want to engage with the world around and about us. Okay, so uh, let's flesh that out a little bit more. Okay, uh, it means that we uh, are a people that celebrate God's presence. That's what when we come together, the first part of our service uh, this morning, we, we worship God, we praise God. Amen? Uh, and and, and uh, uh, the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. <laughs> and so we... We worship God because we want to uh, know his presence amongst us. And uh, then we want to be a church that in various ways of ministry demonstrate God's love to one another and to the world around and about us. Um, we want to be a church that communicates God's word. We want to, uh, basically, uh, that is an act of evangelism, telling people about uh, the love of God. Uh, we want to be a church that knows fellowship and relationships, 
and we want to be a, a church that educates God's people. In other words, uh, Jesus said that we are to, uh, uh, to the disciples that they were to go into the world and make disciples of all men. And so that, that is uh, an, uh, a part of what we want to be as a church. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Okay, we want to be a church that reflects people from all walks of life and backgrounds. Okay, in other words, we want to be, be a, a multicultural church. We want to be a multilingual church. We want to be a multi-generational church. <clears throat> okay. We want to be a large and influential church that impacts our homes, our workplaces, schools, families, and communities. And uh, we're going to be putting these things on the internet, okay, on the church uh, uh, page. And so you, you, you'll be able to go back over these things, and, and, and that's why I'm going through them fast, because uh, we, we'll remind you in that way. Um, we want to be a church that uncompromisingly displays the power and presence of God through the Holy Spirit. We believe God has given us the power of his Holy Spirit uh, that we can minister to one another. And, uh, we, you know, we prayed, Pastor Richard prayed for people. Uh, we believe that God is a miracle-working God. We believe that God answers prayer. <laughs> and God is interested in each of our lives. And we can come to him with the, the, the needs of our lives. And, and God can uh, minister to us uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit as we uh, interact with one another. And uh, we want to be a church that's dedicated to the teaching of the Word of God with signs following. Amen. Hallelujah. We're a Pentecostal church. And we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we, 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 we're, not, we're not shy about that. We don't apologize about that. Amen. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Finances. Okay. Uh, first of all, let me say this, that... <clears throat> 2019, we ended up with a, uh, a decent balance in the bank account. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, we still need, need, need to uh, do more, I believe, okay, um, through the, our missions commitment. And I, 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 what I would like you to ask you is to, to think a little bit more about this issue of missions, okay? That was one area in 2019 where we didn't uh, meet our target. In fact, we only got halfway to the target. But because we were uh, had a surplus in other areas, we were still able to meet our missions commitment. But uh, we would like to be able to finance our missions giving through uh, independent, if I can put it, or separate um, uh, giving towards the missions. Okay, so. Uh, these are areas in where we, we, we uh, um, want to continue to support uh, in 2020. And just a little uh, uh, thing that as a leadership we've got to grapple with, but first of all, we're having problems with lack of space in our parking lot, especially in the, and, and in, and in, the, in the summer we have to park on the grass, etc., and we did initially have plans to extend the parking lot along the back uh, and um, when we did the last expansion, but uh, there was a cost of $30,000. You ask, well, why $30,000? Well, 
Well, unfortunately, uh, to extend that parking lot, the city will um, insist on us putting in extra drains. You go down 18 inches in our back, and you hit solid rock. <laughs> and so in order to put in extra drains, we have to do some blasting or hammer jacking, and that's why it's going to cost <laughs> upwards of $30,000 to extend that. That's something we're going to be thinking about and how we're going to do it. And um, we don't have any major problems, but uh, we redid the roof and, and did the flat roofs in 2004. So that's 15 years to be getting to the point where shortly we'll have to do some roof uh, you know, renewing. And so that is another one. And that, that is also, because I, I have the, the, the budget that we used to do the, uh, when we did the expansion, and that roofing uh, costs, again, up in the $30,000 range. So those are things that we're thinking about. Okay, we haven't made any commitments, but we will be maybe coming to talk to you about that <laughs> in the near future. Amen. So that's, that's my portion of the presentation. Can you do that? Yeah. Pastor Armour will be back, I promise. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, 2020. You know, uh, a lot of people headed into this year, oh, 2020 vision, all that stuff, right? Because uh, it's easy to think about and everybody has 2020 vision. That's great. But I want to talk about the things roughly, broadly, that Pastor Omri and I will be talking about, teaching about, all that sort of thing, uh, through this coming year, the three sort of focuses. And uh, for the last few years, you know, I always pick a letter and I just come up with three words. <laughs> uh, last year, anybody remember what it was? Anybody? Come on. Anybody remember? Please. The letter was R. Rooted, yes. What was that? Reaching, yeah, reach out. Yes, release, thank you. Yeah, okay, see, it works. See, that's why I do it. Okay, so for 2020, it's prayer, presence, and people. Okay, I want to talk about what that really means. So one, we're going to talk about prayer. My friends, uh, can I see this? Sometimes prayer isn't easy. I get it, okay? But I can tell you this now, every move of God you've ever read about or heard about started with prayer. I'm telling you right now, you can, you can read every revival book you want to. You can talk to anybody you've ever been involved in these moves, anybody that's ever seen ha uh, something happen. And inevitably, as you dig away at all the stuff that happened, inevitably you will find some small prayer meeting that started somewhere or some small group of people that started praying and that began what became the move of God. I'm telling you right now, okay? And so the gauntlet I'm throwing down now or the challenge I'm throwing down now is that we need to become a people of prayer, okay? And I'm not saying that we're not entirely. What I'm saying is we need to become a church that is known for prayer. Okay, and so first of all, that starts by developing your own prayer life. And now, who's the only person can develop your prayer, your personal prayer life? You. Nobody. We can teach. We can read together. But the only person actually at home can set aside the time and pray yourself is you. Right. So I'll leave that with you. Other than to say, we should follow the example of Jesus. Often in the New Testament, you would see what would happen. It would say Jesus would go off by himself to go pray. So the message is quite simple. If Jesus needed to recharge by prayer, 
we sure as heck need to recharge through prayer. Amen? So in 2020, if you're not in a place yet where you have a disciplined personal prayer life, this is a time to get there. And through our teaching and preaching, we're going to help you, we hope, to develop that personal prayer life that happens at home. Now, there's uh, for those of you who are married, that, and I'm not even talking about praying with your spouse. I'm literally talking about your own separate personal prayer time with the Lord. Great if you're praying with your spouse. That's awesome. That's added. Great if you pray with your kids. Uh, you know, we do that. It's a great time. Great if you're praying with your friends. That's great too. But you need a personal personal time spent in God's presence, okay, where there's no other people, okay, where you're praying, you and God one-on-one. We'll start there. Then you need time where you're praying with your fellow church members, okay? You need a time. Now, before we started preaching, we, we prayed for those folks who were going through the tough time. That was good. That's a corporate time of prayer. But there, but we didn't concentrate on that. We didn't keep on going. It's an importance as we look through every move of God and people say, oh, I wish this happened. I wish that happened. You see that people were gathering regularly just to pray. And so I'm going to try and put this in the simplest terms possible. We meet once a month on Saturday night, the first Saturday night of the month, so we know it's predictable when we meet for one hour from 5 to 6. I get it. Saturday's busy. If you're working, I get it. But other than that, I'm telling you from 5 to 6 on every, on the first Saturday of every month, set aside time to show up here and just pray. Amen? Because what happens? The Bible says that there's actually blessing when people do that. You know? The Bible actually tells us that when we get together to pray, something happens. Now, the same something can happen when there's just four of us or if there's 400. I get it. But it's always a lot more encouraging and a lot more fun when there's more than when there's less. Amen? So I'm trying to putting down the challenge to you today to look at your calendar and say, okay, I might not make them all. There's only 11 left. There's only 11 Saturday prayer meetings left in the year. 11. And you might say, okay, I'm going to commit to making four of them, eight of them, nine, 11, whatever. Don't do like the New Year resolution, right? You know the New Year's resolutions we always talk about? I'm never going to eat donuts again. I'm never going to eat McDonald's again. And then the, the next night you're like, nah, 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 eating. So don't start like, I'm going to go to every prayer meeting ever in the history of prayer meetings. How about commit, I'm going to go to the next one, which is when? This Saturday. Start by committing to that. And then show up and see what God does. So it's about developing a, a lifestyle prayer, praying for everything. So when people bring a need to us as a church, what do we do? We don't talk about it. We pray about it. There's a whole lot of talking going on in the world. Not a whole lot of praying. You know, I wonder if people did as much helping, for example, to worry about this virus everybody's worried about, rather than talking about it, how much the world would change. Right? Because all talk is, does is produce panic. Prayer produces the presence. Oh, that was a good piece. You see that? Talk produces panic. Prayer produces the presence. Okay, and so when God's presence comes into a situation or to into your life or to a problem you're facing, whoa, things begin to shift and to change. So in 2020, we're going to be talking a lot about prayer and we're going to be constantly giving you other opportunities to pray. For example, did you know before uh, service there's prayer? For the 15 minutes before service, just 15 minutes before service, you can come pray and praying for the service. And I think that makes a difference in the service. I really do think it makes a difference in the service. And if you say, well, listen, um, you know, it turns out that Wednesday from 11.16 to 12.42, me and eight other people are available to pray, then we're going to try and make that happen. 
Okay? We try and we'll try and accommodate that. We don't want to have, though, people spread all over the place. We'd rather have one prayer meeting where everybody's there. Amen? Plus, what happens is when more people together are praying together and things begin to happen, and let me promise you this, when you pray in God's presence, stuff happens, right? And then what happens is testimonies begin to spread. Oh my gosh, we were there, and this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and then whatever. And then it produces even more presence, and it just it just flows from there. Amen? So that's why 2020, we'll be talking a lot about prayer. Two, the presence. Pastor Omri's kind of already touched on it. What do we mean by the presence? Well, there's kind of two different meanings here that I'm playing with, but the first and the far more important one is the presence of God. Pastor Omri said we're unashamedly, unabashedly people of the presence. Pentecostal people who believe that God moves in miraculous signs and wonders today, just like he did in the Old and New Testament. Amen? You know, does it? I was reading, I'm reading right now through the reading plan. I don't know if you're doing it. We're in Judges right now. You know, the book of Judges and some amazing things happen. And, and it, it, you could fall into the trap of thinking, well, that's how God moved then. Or you read the New Testament and you think, oh my goodness, that's how God moved then. No, it's, the Bible tells us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we believe that when you live and inhabit in God's presence and you bring God's presence with you wherever you go, work, school, your neighborhood, home, whatever it is, God's presence go with you. When you carry God's presence with you, things begin to happen. You know, I was reading something recently, I don't know what it was, and it says, oh, this person knows how to shift the atmosphere. No, they don't. God shifts the atmosphere. Okay? In your home, in your car, at your workplace, that's what happens when you bring God's presence with you. Anybody ever been in a situation where the atmosphere is maybe a bit strained, tense, ugly even, and when God's presence comes to that, things just begin to change? Anybody ever seen that happen? Because we need God's presence. You know, it's the old thing that Zerubbabel, we read about Zerubbabel, right? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By my presence, says the Lord, right? So we don't want to go. What did Moses say? If, if, if God doesn't go with us, I don't want to go. Right? So it's about putting God's presence first. There's no point going into a battle if you're not properly equipped. Right? And so we're putting God's presence first. So we'll be teaching about that. How do we become people of prayer? People of the presence. Also, presence also means literally your presence. You follow me now? Remember in school? When you line up? Right? Whether you had a good teacher, a good teacher would be like, Richard, here. Mean teachers, Davies, here. Remember that? Your presence matters. I literally mean that. Not just at the prayer meeting, all the time. Well, so you just want people to show up to church. Exactly. Because I really do believe that when you're present at church, you get something that you can't get when you're not here. Now, I get it. Some of us have work challenges, and that's why we record things, or that's why we live stream things. We get that. We're trying to make it, make it so that people can consume or get teaching wherever they are. But it does. Presence matters. We've talked about this a hundred times. What's more meaningful, a text saying, I love you, hug emoji, or an actual hug? What feels better? I'm asking you, what feels better? Now, sometimes you can't be there. You're far away, so you send the text because, but everybody knows that the text isn't as good as the real thing. And you're just doing that until you get to the person, right? It's the same thing. Fellowship isn't fellowship unless it's in person. Okay, whether it's a small group, we really do. And so that's another thing we're going to talk about this year about small group presence. 
finding a small group you can be a part of. Well, why is that important? Because in a small group, you get to talk about things. For example, after we preach, we send out a list of questions, and the small groups meet, and they talk about it. So you can talk about, what the heck was he talking about when he meant presents? Because he said that, and I thought it meant like Christmas presents. Maybe that's your thing, okay? And you want to ask that question, but you can't stop me right now to ask that question. But if you're a present in a small group, you've got the time and the space to ask that question. So presence matters. You know, how many of you have a job? Put up your hand if you have a job. Right, put up your hand. Does it matter if you show up or not? Anybody? Right? Of course it does. Right? Of course it does. It doesn't even, it also, it even matters what time you show up and what time you leave. Right? How many of you got kids you got to pick up from daycare or school? Right? Again, your presence matters all the time. We're used to it in our lives. The same goes for church. And again, maybe it takes looking at our schedules and saying, all right, on Sundays, 10.30. And f- listen, there are 52 Sundays a year. Okay? I guess this year there might be 53. I'm not sure because of the, the, the leap year. There's 52. Let's say 52 Sundays a year. Maybe you can't make it to the mall, but I really do encourage you to look and know that your presence matters. Let me tell you something. God doesn't live in this building. Okay? I'm not saying that. Okay? But your presence really matters because his presence is present with the people who are present. Did I get that? You ready for that now? Did you catch that? Did you catch that? His presence is present with those who are present. Okay? That matters. So that's what we're going to be talking about this year. Prayer, presence. And then, uh, and then finally, people. Wow, that seems easy. What are we talking about? Pastor Omri already alluded to this. This is referring to body ministry. Everyone involved. Everyone active. You know, I tell you all the time that the Lord, what he does, is he always, he seems to give me um, sermon illustrations in the physical world to help me when I'm, I'm preaching about things. It happens all the time. I often preach about it. And this week, I didn't have one until Friday night. And Friday night, I played hockey. Okay? And I was playing hockey, and I was playing ball hockey. And in ball hockey, we use a really round hard orange ball. You ever seen this thing? Okay. And so I was playing defense and we won. Thank you. And, um, and I scored a goal. So that's good. Okay. But here's what happened. No, I'm not that good. Trust me. I'm never going to score again. And, um, I was playing. It was near the end of the game. Didn't really matter anymore. Their best player came in. I didn't want him to score. So I went to block the shot and wham, hit me on the foot. Then now it's not that bad. Trust me. I've been hurt in worse places. Um, <laughs> But it hurt so bad, I got off. I went to rest. And I'm telling you right now, if I took off my shoe and showed you, it only hit one toe. Not the pinky toe, the one next to the pinky toe. It didn't hit anything else. And there I was, ah, I'm like, ah, on the bench, you know, whatever. Like, ah, you know what it's like. We're trying to shake off, ah, whatever. One little toe. I was like, oh, ah, let it go for four minutes. Like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go back out. Ask the guys that are there. I have it on video. I step back out. Guy takes a shot. Wham! Right on the same toe. And I'm like, ah! And I go, ah! Whatever. So I got off. And then I had to think, thank you, Jesus, because you gave me my lesson. One toe hurt. Ruined everything. I couldn't play. I couldn't play to the best. Of- Who said poor baby? That was me. Okay. Uh, right? I couldn't play properly. Because of one little toe. Anybody who's ever been hurt a little bit knows that. And there I was, tough guy, playing hockey. One toe, which my toe, as well, it's purple, my toe. It's just blue. But everything else looks fine. Right? And there I am, like, and I'm telling you right now, I can't even, I put on my fancy shoes this morning. Do you know how much this hurts right now? 
because probably my toe is broken. But the, the, but the, the Bible says that we're all one body. All knit together by God for the working. Bible, and Paul teaches us that one member is not more valuable than the other, right? He says one part of the body can't say to the other part of the body, you have no value, I don't need you. And neither can that part of the body say to the other part of the body, I don't need you. So in the same way, I can't say, little toe, I don't really need you. Who cares if I have you or not? The second that little toe starts to hurt, I can't do anything anymore. So same way in the body of Christ, we all need each other, okay? Everybody needs to be active. And I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to say, well, you know, uh, leader, first of all, the head of the church is who? Jesus, not the leadership. The head and the neck is Jesus. Okay, so don't worry about that. So wherever I fit in, I don't care if I'm a toe or a shoulder or an elbow. I don't care. Okay, but the bottom line is we all need to be in this together. And if one of you is hurting, we all hurt. Just like my little toe. And if one of you is doing well, we all celebrate. That's why, like when someone like um, Michelle tells me, oh, I got a promotion. Okay, great, because you'll hear me say this a lot this year. I said it last week. We replicate what we celebrate. And so if we keep on celebrating all the goodness of God in our lives, guess what I was having? More goodness follows. What does the Bible say? I'll pour my goodness upon you from generation to generation, right? Do we believe that? Well, that's what's happening, right? And so that's what it means, people. Who's a person? Anybody here a person? Put up your hand if you're a person. Everybody should have their hand, all right? So this talking about you, everybody is involved in the body of Christ. And so as Pastor Rama already said, everybody has a role to play. Can you put up the next slide, please, Margarita? It'll get there. So your involvement is this. Every member of Christ's body, what's Christ's body? The church, right? And not just this church, all churches, have been given spiritual and natural gifts by God and is a minister. Every task is important. Everyone can and are encouraged to be involved in a ministry. Every one of you, everybody here has gifts. Everybody here, we were talking to somebody last week who shall remain nameless, but they were like, well, I don't have that gift. I was like, yeah, no, you do, because we're telling you, I can see it, and I'm calling out, you, you have that gift. Sometimes we don't even see it in ourselves. Some of us have natural gifts that are just with us. Uh, we have artists in the church, for example. It's obvious to see if somebody's an artist because they're good at doing art, right? But some of you may have other gifts that you're natural. Maybe you're naturally talented at finance. Maybe you're naturally ta- talented at baking. Maybe you're naturally talented at teaching. Maybe you're na- naturally talented at, you know, fill in the blank. And then others are given spiritual gifts that are beyond just normal, um, you know, ability, maybe, whatever, maybe singing or, or preaching or whatever. We, we Sometimes it can be one and the same. They can be joined. It can be something maybe you're not good at naturally, but by the Spirit, you're good at it, whatever it is. But every person in this room, so everybody person in this room, so take out your finger like this right now. Point at your finger like this, like really accusingly, like really accusing finger. And now point at somebody else near you. Just point at him really accusingly and say, yeah, you too, there you go. And say, that's you. That's you. Right? That's you. So who has a gift in this room? All of us. You, me, everybody. I want you to say me. It's not about being puffed up and proud. The Bible says you do. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 that God gave gifts to men. Right? And then he asked the leaders, as Pastor Amari said, to help equip and train and encourage people to find their giftings and to use them for what? The works of ministry. What's the works of ministry? Oh my gosh, it could be a million things. 
It's not just church stuff. It could be the way you interact with your neighbors or your coworkers. It could be the way that you talk to your children. It could be the way that you, 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 you host and are kind to people around you. It could be so many things, but the works of ministry in 2020 are something that you and I need to do. Everybody can be involved. Amen? You believe that? You do? Okay. Okay. I'm going to believe you. All right. So let's go next. So here's where you come in. Your involvement is to make a commitment to help us make the vision become a reality. Okay? So now, in the same way that, you know, uh, you can join a gym and never go. use this one a lot, right? You can make a commitment. You're paying the gym anyway, but you don't have to go. Nobody's forcing you to go. A church is kind of like that too. You can come all the time, but no one's going to force you to do anything. Right? But you can make a commitment now to help make this vision we talked about a reality. Make an investment of yourself as a partner in our vision. So you're saying, hey, I'm going to be present, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to be one of those people. I'm going to make my time, I'm going to prioritize my time, I'm going to prioritize my efforts. And then let us know where you'd like to be involved. Every week, Pastor Armory and I have out in the lobby, there's a sheet of paper that says, hey, tell us what you want to do. There's a sheet there that says it. You might come up with something new. You know, you might be like... Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I collect butterflies and I, I'm a really good butterfly collector and I'd love to start a little group for butterfly collectors. I just made that up out of nowhere, okay? But stranger things have happened. Pastor Omri always tells the story of one of the best small groups he ever heard of in New Zealand. They were all F1 fans. You know F1 racing? They were F1 nuts. And so their small group would be gather, watch the F1 race, and then have fellowship time. That was their small group. I, I don't know. You know, who knows? That sounds super boring to me. But to some people, that's watching cars go around and around is super interesting. God bless them. Okay? Actually, it's more than round and round, I guess. That's NASCAR, but you get the idea. Um, maybe you're, maybe you're going to come up with something we haven't thought of, and where we can encourage it, we will. We can't do everything because the churches have limited resources in both time and budget, of course. But where we can, we would love to hear from you. So this is your role. Okay, so I wonder now if we could do something together. Could you all stand up with me? I guess in fairness, I shouldn't say you have to stand up, but I would like you to. Because let me tell you, whether it's me and Pastor Omri or uh, my mother, my wife, or the other elders and, the leader and their wives and everybody else and the other leaders, we cannot do this without you. We can't. Um, Pastor Omri, can you go put the mission back up for a second first before I go back to the last slide, the first, first slide? Mission which is uh, to be a church that glorifies God and proclaims Jesus Christ the Savior and Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, as Pastor Omri said, really, this should be the mission of every church in the history of mankind. Okay, but we can't do it without you. You know, it's, 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 it's so important that this community, I don't mean just purify, I mean the people who are affected by the people in this church know that we are members of a church that are people that we will pray for you and something's going to happen. We are people of God's presence, and when God comes into your life, things change. And we're people who are there. We volunteer, we show up, and we're present. Amen? I think that's what, what we're looking for in 2020, and we can't do it without you. We'll, we're going to go. We're going to do our best to, to lead and to show an example where we can. Uh, but there'll be times where we get tired. There'll be times where maybe, uh, you know, we need that support too, and we're going to need you with us. So we're going to ask that we do a prayer of agreement. I wonder if you could go to... The last slide, please, Margarita. 
First, we'll read from the scripture. Go ahead. Matthew tells us this. I truly tell you that if two or three of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. 